care transactions. You will hear about five different care situations. Those involved were asked to consider the transactions either in cash or kind that their caring relationships entail. During her marriage, Diane Mallet has taken on significant caring responsibilities for her relatives. First, she nursed her mother-in-law, and then she began helping her brother-in-law Paul to lead an independent life. She continues to care for her father-in-law, who lives next door. Oh, I can't imagine being paid for it. It wouldn't actually make a great deal of difference to my life to be paid for it at this stage. I don't think it would have helped me make the choices that I made earlier on to know that I was being paid. I'd have felt obligated to do it, and I've done it because I've chosen to do it. Diane feels she's evolved a very effective relationship with her father-in-law, Stanley. My father-in-law, his needs are becoming more great as he gets older. He's seventy-nine this year. And he's probably lived with us for the seven years. And in those years, he's been a very strong member of the family group and held things together very well. We have family meals together. And if I think that he's not, you know, eating properly or doesn't understand hygiene or food, I will point those things out. Don't get into his house as often as I would like to practice and cleaning. Uh, only when he goes on holidays, I'll have a really good spring clean. And I would like to do more in that department. And he seems to manage his shopping quite well, but I think that he could do with more help than he actually will let me do. He often feels that I do too much as it is, and it's a real battle to do more for him. But there have been times when, if we hadn't have been here and noticed situations, I don't think that he'd be here now. He's had a lot of illness. He's got bronchial asthma, and he's very hard of hearing. In fact, he's deaf without his hearing aids. So we are needed to do phone conversations and write letters for him and um, keep an eye on him generally. To put it pretty bluntly, she's a Dutch aunt to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's my left hand and my right hand, like, you know, because I don't motor at all, you say. As long as I've got a pair of legs, I'm happy. No, but when you say we help each other out, like, when say, I... I might send a bottle of wine over again as a sweetener. Because she wouldn't accept anything else. <laughs> and I don't drink wine. <laughs> oh, we get on. I think we're a good team, aren't yes, we? Yes, yes, we look after each other very well. If I wanted anything, I'd only have to ask. Wouldn't I? Oh, I. Well, I don't know all the own way. <laughs> if we want to go away for the weekend or for a week, on holiday he'll always offer to have our dog now we love our dog <laughs> uh, there are situations where it isn't easy to take her or if we want to go out for the day we haven't got to rush back so that obviously says on kennel fees and he'll always pick up the post and look at you know check up on our teenage door to make sure she's all right like diane john avery doesn't get paid for taking on caring responsibilities he looks after his former business partner, Mr Asgar. A single parent himself, John has spent a great deal of time supporting his friend and trying to get him more statutory support. Well, I treat him three times a day with cream, E45, metformin for the joint pains, ankle. Fetch all his medicines, all his food. If he wants to go out anywhere, I take him out and generally look after him in every way. I do all his shopping for his clothes and uh, anything you care to mention. <laughs> <laughs> 
September, I think it was September, October, I'd been, it took me from March of last year to get his appeal through for attendance allowance and disability allowance. And so now he gets income support, income support, disability and attendance allowance, and it comes to about £157 a week. Money doesn't come into it because my money is his money and his money is my money. Always has been. When he was getting £75 or £70 on his pension and they wouldn't give him any extra at all, and I was getting about £120 then, and then they knocked it off me, because you're only allowed so much when you get child benefit and that, and whatever they give you above that, they just take it away from you. The other thing is that's one of the reasons why you can't get invalid care allowance, what you're talking about, because it's absolutely useless to people in my position. Even if you were earning a, a wage, they'd tax you on it. And when they give it to people like me on benefit, they'd take it immediately pound for pound off you. It's a mutually beneficial friendship we've got. Always has been. Nobody's exactly alike, are they? And I, I'm like 25 years younger than him, but I've listened to him and learnt a lot from him. I think he's learnt a lot from me. Unlike John, Enid Francis does get some statutory support for caring for her two sons with learning difficulties. A former nursing assistant, Enid says the financial impact of giving up paid employment has been profound. I do think about it in that sense because I sort of think about it in this way that they're my children and it's my duty to look after them. But when you think about it, if they were normal... I would look after them until they can look after themselves. And, you know, they're children, then they're young men. Now these, there's an adult, they're men, and I've got to be looking after them all the time. It's very hard work because if they were all right, they would have got married, they would have been gone. I would have been out at work earning a living for myself. All my life is just revolved about them. But I'm not complaining because they weren't asked to be born. And I just look at it that it's my duty to do my best for them. So I just look at it as a part of my everyday work to look after them. The benefit that John and Martin get is they get income support disability living allowance and attendance allowance, those three benefit they get. Some of my friends, they told me that the attendance allowance, they keep it for themselves. Well, I don't think it's enough what they're getting for me to take the attendance allowance. So what I do, I use it for them, for their board and lodge, their clothes, and to take them out, like when they're on holiday, I would take them to the theme park or I would take them to the pub for a drink, which my husband doesn't know this because he doesn't like them drinking, but my eldest, John, he likes his beer. So that's what I use the benefit for, and I do a little savings for them because I've got to think about the time when I'm not around. They'll need something to fall back on to. So that's what I use it for. As for the benefit I get, I just use it for myself. But one thing about this benefit that bothers me is when I do reach the age of 60 
I was told that that benefit will be stopped. I did some research about this, and I'm not too sure, but as far as I know, this ICA will stop when I'm 60, and the only benefit that I'm going to get to care for three people is going to be £28 a week. And heavens help me, I don't know what £28 can do. And at the end of the day, I've saved the government, I'm going to say, pretty near a million pounds. So I must tell you, I haven't got any relatives of my own. My husband has got plenty relatives, and they are the best people. They're ever so good to me and my children. And I've got a few good friends. I've got few friends who are like sisters to me. So I do get help from my friends. And I'm one of those people who are very good with my fingers. I haven't got the time now, but I do do dressmaking, a bit of sewing. I'm not going boasting, but I'm quite good at it. And I do bake. So like they come here, there'd be a lovely cake, maybe a carrot cake or a bit of fabric, and I'll be putting the tape measure around someone to make them something. But I must be honest with you, the last two years, I find it hard to fit things like those in. But my relatives and my friends, they're not looking for pay. Like Enid, Sarah Fletcher has often had to call on her family for help in the past. She's a disabled student and now receives direct payments. This means she can buy her own support services. I need help with... I've got problems like I can walk about, but I can't do all the walking about during the day to do all the different things, even though individually I could do lots of them, you know. So I need help with washing and ironing. Um, I mean, if I was at home, I need help pegging it out on the line. And I need help with doing cooking and preparing meals and tidying up afterwards. Because another problem I have is that I don't have that much energy, so... So I need help with things for that reason as well, more than I might do. I use a wheelchair, so when I go out places, I need help with getting around. And, you know, I use some of my help, like, so that someone else, someone I employ can drive me instead of me having to do the driving as well. And, um, well, with things like cleaning and getting drinks and, well, things, sort of things throughout the day, like fetching and carrying sometimes and, or like tidying up, making the bed, changing the sheets, you know. Then sometimes I have somebody help me wash and dry my hair. Getting enough statutory support to lead a completely fulfilling student life has not been easy. Yeah, they, they wouldn't cover help getting to and from lectures because they said that's like academic need, so um, then they weren't responsible for things like that. Huh? What they have funded me for the 22 hours, which was very hard, to, very hard to convince them that they had a duty to help fund, was help getting to social activities and being able to participate. Like, for instance, if I go swimming, then I need somebody to help me get there and maybe help me inside the building, pushing a wheelchair or going to the cinema, things like that. And she employs community service volunteers, who are also students at the university, to provide her with care. With the way it works at the minute, and I've got two different people help me because they work five days out of seven. The way the university's arranged it, it's one person helps me Monday to Friday and a different person on a Saturday and Sunday. It could be worked out so that there was 
I think if if I didn't get on with one of the people, then I could probably swap so that it was a different one. Work with me, maybe. I'm not entirely sure because of them still working around the same. They all live in the same halls as me at the minute because most of the students that share in this scheme live in the same halls as me. Sarah doesn't pay these volunteers directly. The university takes her allowance and directs it to the CSVs organisation. What the CSVs actually get paid is £24 a week pocket money and then when they get their accommodation and food paid for and then because it's a catered horse, CSV said that we should pay them £10 for food as well so that they've got a choice to eat something other than the canteen food when they want to. And the rest goes to um, the organisation for managing it. It's not always simple to describe the kind of caring role that these volunteers perform for individuals like Sarah. Direct payments is for funding, personal assistance, care, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I feel strange saying personal assistance, but I don't... On the other hand, I don't, I don't like just saying care because if lots of it, lots of it's not care, you know. I mean, doing your shopping and doing your ironing is not the same as say helping somebody get up and dressed in the morning. You know? it, makes, it makes it sound as if, in a way, you need more help than you do, you know. Alex Zinger also gets direct payments for her care. She feels the scheme has given her much-needed choices and also works well for her carer, Catherine Shipley. I only really needed help in the middle of the day to start with, but it got worse and I eventually needed, obviously, to be got up and washed and dressed as well and put away again in the evening. That's like a rag doll, isn't it? <laughs> to start with, as I say, it was social services. They, they were giving you less and less time. That's the way it is with social services. So it was decided to farm me out to private agencies. But you could never quite rely on them. It was really poor. The setup was really bad. And they could never get there by 8 o'clock in the morning for some reason or other. It was always 9 o'clock plus, which meant I was left at half past 10 with my breakfast, which, you know, half your day's gone. So eventually it was suggested to me that I might like to take charge myself and use the direct payment scheme, which had been set up pretty recently up here in Sheffield and I think in one or two other cities and it's been absolutely brilliant in comparison because you know you're in the driving seat you're in charge you do the employing you just you just feel empowered it's much much better in every way that I can think of I don't want a lot more care I, I want to, I don't want to feel that there are carers always here fiddling about and messing with me so you know that's the easiest way to sort of go in I go into bed early so that my tea can be left with me and that's all done and dusted, if you see what I mean, rather than have somebody come round and give me my tea and then and then go away again and come back and put me to bed. You know, it, it just it feels too much old lady for me. I did try the usual routes of job centre, employment agencies, etc. That doesn't work very well. I've only had one answer. I've tended to find that I get best responses from local post offices, shop windows, the news agents down the road, this sort of thing, because I really want local help you see and that's that I found that much better it's been more difficult this last time there have not been many takers but I've at last got somebody again and people tend to stay about a year or so Catherine's two years yeah. uh, but it's it's usually about a year yeah. I'd quite like to have done it because looking after my mum after having a stroke I mean I looked after her for I think it was a year and I just thought that I'd like to help be able to help somebody that sort of couldn't help themselves as much and as soon as I saw it, I rang the same day 
you know, well, in fact, when I got home. <laughs> and uh, that was that was it. It was good. There is a contract, yes. Yes, it, it's best to, to, to keep it legal, keep it on a contract. Um, in the past, it was quite a simple contract. I've been given, again, from the Wages Centre, a more complicated contract for people to fill out now, just to sort of safeguard against legal proceedings. Um, I usually find... I'm quite intuitive myself. I usually find if people are getting on with me, I ask what sort of daft questions like, what's your star sign? But uh, I feel that's sort of important as well. And uh, you get a feel about people. Sometimes it's jokey and friendly, and sometimes I'm the bossy boots and I lay down the law. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it just depends on the mood I'm in. I always warn people at interview that I'm, I'm a slave driver and, you know, they're expected to work when they're here. And uh, I don't allow... Catherine likes to smoke. I don't allow her to smoke in here. Not that she would. She smokes outside on the step. <laughs> All weathers. <laughs> it's good. I mean, the re- the relationship. I mean, we, you all have your ups and downs, like, but, I mean, it's just like going to your friends. Mm. I mean, I can tell her things that I wouldn't even tell my own mother, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's a good relationship, I think. Well, we just jolly along and um, sometimes we, um, we talk... We tell each other rude jokes or whatever. You know, we keep it light. And there's nothing worse than somebody washing your backside and being completely glum about it, as one lady was, and eventually sort of had enough and she had to leave. The young woman who took over for a short while and said, I've got to be careful with my back. I need to tell you. And I thought, hmm, it's just as well she doesn't want to stay in this job because it's it's not going to work. Because I'm a good nine and a half stones. And it's it's a matter of confidence, knowing exactly what you're doing, gripping with the knees, a quick, swift, upward push, twist them down and you're not actually carrying the weight of the person at all though that is awkward it is tricky at the bottom of the stairs with the stair lift right the eagle has landed it's physically hard work but uh, and tiring but not all the time it's, it's sometimes when I do a three-shift day, which is like morning, lunch and at night. That can be a bit tiring sometimes, but other than that, it's fine. Right. So I think you just leave me with a flask of tea now. You can just drop it. Okey-doke. I think I give quite a lot in return. Sometimes it's quite wearying <laughs> because I'm much more assertive than these ladies. I'm a, I really am. and I, I find it quite hurtful that they sell themselves so low. They sell themselves cheaply. You know, they allow themselves to be trodden on, or so it seems to me. They're the, the drudge in the house. They they put food on the table, and then they come out and work with me, and they're doing a similar sort of job, and it, it seems unfair. From the Open University. For more information, go to www.open.ac.uk forward slash use.